Hi, this is episode 10 of K. Ray Reads to You. We finished the Saturdays in the last episode, so it's time to start a new book. Absolute Zero by Helen Gresswell is the second book in the hilarious Bagthorpe saga. I've read the whole series many times, and all the books are great, but I think Absolute Zero is my favorite. I recorded it many years ago for my son, and I'm recycling those recordings for this podcast. The sound quality is not as good as my more recent recordings, but I think it's good enough. And now, part one of chapter one of Absolute Zero. Absolute Zero, chapter one. The whole thing started when Uncle Parker won a cruise in the Caribbean for two, after filling in a leaflet he had idly picked up in the village shop. The minute the news was known in the Bagthorpe household, disbelief, annoyance, and downright jealousy began to generate into what became, inevitably, an all-out furor. The company who had promoted this competition sold sugar-coated puffballs breakfast cereal. Mr. Bagthorpe immediately stated that Uncle Parker should refuse the prize on moral grounds. Uncle Parker, he said, had never consumed so much as a single sugar-coated puffball in his entire life, and was thus automatically disqualified from reaping a reward for doing so. Mrs. Bagthorpe did not agree. Daisy Parker, she said, ate a lot of sugar-coated puffballs. She ate them every day of her life. In that case, Mr. Bagthorpe said, Daisy should have filled in the competition form. He then turned on his own children. Don't you lot ever eat sugar-coated puffballs? He demanded. What's the matter with you? I do, said Jack promptly. I really like them. So why didn't you go in for this thing? I hadn't got a leaflet, Jack said. And even if I had, I wouldn't have bothered. Nobody ever wins those things. On the contrary, somebody does win them said Mr. Bagthorpe, in a tight voice. We know that. Why didn't you tell me there was a competition? asked William. Then I could have won a prize. <clears throat> you, don't <clears throat> you don't automatically win by filling in a form, you know, Tess told him. Usually some kind of skill is required, and usually the deciding factor is a slogan. So, said William. I'd be better at slogans than you, said Tess. She turned not a hair as she spoke. <clears throat> In the Bagthorpe house, everybody boasted. It was not called boasting. It was called having a just pride in one's own talents and achievements, a phrase coined by Mrs. Bagthorpe, who was very strong on positive thinking. The only ones who did not go in for it were Jack and his mongrel dog Zero. They just kept quiet and lay low, mostly. I interposed Mr. Bagthorpe now, would be better than anybody at slogans, I believe. And how that layabout, insensitive parasite managed to string as many as half a dozen words together is beyond me. <clears throat> Perhaps Aunt Celia helped him, said Rosie. She can do the Times crossword three times as quickly as you can, Father, and she doesn't use dictionaries and things. Honesty especially of the tactless variety, was also a common trait of the Bagthorpe family. "'Nothing to do with it,' said Mr. Bagthorpe. "'Any fool can do crosswords. It's creativity that counts.' <clears throat> "'But Aunt Celia writes poetry,' said Rosie, who could be as incorrigible as anyone if she chose, even though she was only just nine. "'Aunt Celia writes poetry,' repeated Mr. Bagthorpe. "'So she does. 
And does anybody ever understand a single word of it? <laughs> no one answered this. <clears throat> I spend my entire life wrestling with words, went on Mr. Bagthorpe. He wrote scripts for television. I live, breathe, sleep, and eat words. This was not strictly true. One thing Mr. Bagthorpe never did was eat his words. <laughs> the news of Uncle Parker's win had been conveyed by telephone, and later in the morning he raced up the drive in his usual gravel-scattering style to rub salt in the wound. Jack and Zero were lying on the lawn, the former reading a comic, the latter gnawing a bone. Uncle Parker came to a furious halt and poked his head out the window. "'Morning,' he said. "'How have they taken it, then?' "'I think you should have waited a bit longer before coming round,' Jack told him. "'They haven't got over it yet.' "'Green as grass, are they?' "'Greener,' Jack told him. "'Your father's hardest hit, I take it.' "'He's livid,' Jack said. "'He says you can't string half a dozen words together.' "'Didn't have to,' said Uncle Parker cheerfully. "'Only five words in my slogan.' <laughs> "'What was it?' inquired Jack with interest. It suddenly occurred to him that he could string five words together at a pinch. Uncle Parker cleared his throat. Sounds a bit silly in cold blood, he said, even to me, but here goes. Get tough with sugar puff. There was a silence. <laughs> Is that all? That's it. Well, I'm bound to say, said Jack at last, that it doesn't sound much. You're pretty lucky to have won a prize with that, if you don't mind my saying. Jack was endowed with the Bagthorpian honesty, but was not so ruthless with it as the rest. He tried to temper it a little. You're absolutely right, agreed Uncle Parker. I would not have given anyone a bar of chocolate for that slogan. I wouldn't have given them a handful of peanuts. But in their wisdom... Messrs. Sugar-Coated Puffballs have decided I deserve a Caribbean holiday for it. And who am I to argue? Father's going to argue, said Jack. Come on, Zero. He got up and followed the car on to the house to be sure not to miss anything. Uncle Parker was in the kitchen trying to persuade Mrs. Fosdyke to give him a cup of coffee. None of the family was yet in evidence, though they soon would be. The way Uncle Parker drove, nobody could be unaware of his arrival. "'When Mrs. Bagthorpe comes out of her problems, I shall make coffee,' Mrs. Fosdyke was saying firmly. Mrs. Bagthorpe did a monthly agony column under the name of Stella Bright, and it took a great deal of her time. It also took a great deal out of her. Mr. Bagthorpe appeared. "'Morning, Henry,' Uncle Parker greeted him. "'Script coming along, is it?' "'What was that slogan, then?' demanded Mr. Bagthorpe, dispensing with the niceties." It was a bad slogan, Uncle Parker told him, but the others were evidently worse. The more people ask me to repeat it, the less I enjoy doing so. You tell him, Jack. Get tough with sugar puff, said Jack. Mr. Bagthorpe sat down. He shook his head long and hard. It's a reflection on the society we live in, of course, he said at last. Oh, it is, Uncle Parker agreed. I deplore it. "'Hello, Uncle Park,' Rosie ran in now. "'You are clever winning that prize. "'And when you and Aunt Celia are away, "'can Daisy come and stay with us?' Mm. "'Rosie was 
Yeah, good idea, huh? Rosie was the youngest of the Bagthorpe children, and in the position of having no one to look down on. She looked down on Jack up to a point, although he was older, but Daisy was only four and three-quarters, and much more easily impressed. "'If that child comes here,' said Mr. Bagthorpe, "'it will be up to you, Russell, to pay extra fire cover on the house, "'and take out policies on all our lives.' "'Including zeros,' put in Jack. "'Not many months previously, Daisy had gone through a pyromaniac phase. "'She had started nine fires in one week, three of them serious.' The Bagthorpe dining-room was still only partly restored after Grandma's disastrous birthday party, when Daisy had hidden under the table with two boxes of crackers and one of fireworks. "'She doesn't go in for fires any more,' said Uncle Parker. "'Oh?' Mr. Bagthorpe was not comforted. "'So what does she do now for kicks? Poisons people, perhaps? Something like that?' "'She is in a very interesting phase at the present,' said Uncle Parker." She is doing all kinds of things. Can she come, father? begged Rosie. I think she's really sweet. I'd look after her. I shouldn't think the question will arise, Rosie, said Mr. Bagthorpe. I should hardly think your uncle will have the gall to accept this prize. Why's that? inquired Uncle Parker, tipping back his chair with the air of careless ease he had that particularly aggravated Mr. Bagthorpe. "'It's a moral issue,' said Mr. Bagthorpe. "'You have never eaten a sugar-coated puffball in all your life.' <laughs> "'I have not,' conceded Uncle Parker. "'There you are, then.' Mr. Bagthorpe had the air of a man clinching an argument. "'I don't get your drift,' said Uncle Parker. "'Nothing in the small print says anything about eating the wretched stuff. "'All one had to do was buy a packet and pick up a leaflet. "'I did both these things. "'It will, of course, be glorious for Celia and myself.' "'cruising in the Caribbean. "'I expect, Henry, you wish you had the chance yourself.' "'I wish no such thing,' snapped Mr. Bagthorpe. "'There is nothing I can think of I would hate more. "'Given the choice between the salt mines and the Caribbean, "'I'd plump for the former any time.' "'Someone might be running a competition for the salt mines,' "'suggested Uncle Parker. "'You must keep your eyes open.' "'Luckily,' said Mr. Bagthorpe, "'I have work to do in life.' Luckily, I have a service to give to my fellow men, and do not have to fill in my pointless existence wafting round among palm trees, drinking gin and tonic by the bucketful. <laughs> Hello, Uncle Parker. William came in. Jolly good work. What was the slogan? <laughs> Tell him, Jack, said Uncle Parker wearily. Jack told him. Even he was beginning to tire of repeating it, and could see how weak it sounded to people. "'You're joking,' said William, after a slight pause. "'No,' said Mr. Bagthorpe. "'He is not, unfortunately, joking. "'I often wonder whether we should have brought children "'into a world of such colossal triviality.' "'Well, if you don't mind my saying,' said William, "'with true Bagthorpian ruthlessness, "'I should think the sales of sugar-coated puffballs "'will plummet when that gets put out. "'Go into a fatal nosedive, I should think.' "'Sugar-coated puffballs will be bankrupt within the month,' affirmed Mr. Bagthorpe. And that's the end of Part 1 of Chapter 1 of Absolute Zero. You can visit my blog at www.kray.org to find a link to purchase this wonderful book. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.